Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of SEC Talks. This is your co-host, Caden. And unfortunately, Jackson was unable to be with us tonight. We just had some um, timing issues based off of work and other things going on. But leave no doubt, I am not alone. I have a very special guest with me, my father, Chris DeGreen. I am a weekly listener, and I am excited to be here. Spreading the love of Jesus. That's right. That's right. So we are excited to finally get him on an episode. It only took 78 episodes, Dad. But we're going to still stick with our normal routine, and we're going to touch on the NCAA tournament and give you guys an update on what happened last weekend and the disappointing outcomes from the SEC. And then we're also going to touch on some baseball, as always. And then we will kind of give a um, sneak preview into some upcoming football stuff and spring practice going on. So there's a lot of exciting things in the sports world. But what I thought we could do is go ahead and give an update on basketball. How's that sound, Dad? That sounds like a lot of fun. All right. So first, before we go over it, game by game from the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. Tell me some of your initial thoughts about the SEC. Because obviously we had Alabama and Arkansas and Tennessee last week. You just never know what you're going to get in tournament play in any sport. I mean, Major League Baseball playoffs are basically tournament play. And some of the greatest teams in history – haven't won the World Series, and it's the same way with college basketball and any tournament play. You just it, – it's it's who's hot on the day and the matchups, as the old saying goes. Yeah, it's crazy how it turns out. I think I was telling you when we were watching the FAU versus Kansas State game that if, if FAU played Tennessee or Kansas State in the regular season, nine times out of ten we would – destroy them probably at least win by 12 to 15 which you know in basketball is a very good margin of winning but as you just said really it's about who's the better team that particular day it really is and i heard some people talking my drive time today that san diego state is probably going down to fau because People are saying that San Diego State plays like Tennessee. And if FAU handled Tennessee, they'll handle San Diego State. So it looks like we have a chance that the, and UConn. the highest seed UConn ever, as in uh, the highest number, as in nine, has a shot at winning the national championship. Because to this point, an eight seed is the highest number, obviously at the lowest seed has ever won it before. So the number nine could uh, crash the crash the party. But they wouldn't be the, the highest seed to make it, right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, they, there's been some, uh, like four 11 seeds that have made it in the past. But none of them have won or prevailed. No. So, but that's that's exciting. I'm, I'm rooting for FAU. Um, I would also, I'm also rooting for UConn. I would love to see an FAU versus UConn championship it's been a while since UConn's been relevant in basketball going back to Kimba Walker days and uh, Shabazz Napier days I know obviously those are two different teams but 
we haven't seen UConn be relevant in a while, and basketball is just more fun when they're relevant. It it, it is, uh, though you do have the possibility three out of four teams in the Final Four would be winning their first ever Natty. Yeah, I definitely don't want UConn to win it all. The first Natty. So, but for some reason. For some reason, I just don't want Miami in the championship. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I heard, I heard though, some other sports broadcasts that ESPN on its website, on the front page of its website, has nothing about the men's Final Four. Now, I didn't look there myself to verify that, but it was uh, McElroy who I believe. Does some stuff for ESPN. Oh, Gregory. So I doubt he'd be speaking of it if it wasn't true. So there's just as much as we say we love the upsets and the Cinderella's, it only goes so far. And then people just really aren't interested. And in it. it's more like uh, checking in after the fact and hey, who, who, who won that? I, I, I never did hear. Who won that, you know, a month later? Yeah, I mean, it, it really feels like, kind of like you're saying, the only people interested now are the people who root for those teams. Yeah, because... It's not really a fun team to watch. I mean, FAU, I guess, if you just like the underdog. I mean, but, pe- people in the Northeast with UConn, they don't even really like college sports. It's all about pro sports and they'd rather watch a bad Knicks team than a good UConn team. So true. You know, you just really don't have that much national interest and oh well. Yeah. So let's kind of get into the details of the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight. So last week we were touching on how the SEC they weren't doing too bad and the three teams that we kind of expected to make it to the Sweet 16 had made it. But none of them made it out of the Sweet 16. So first off, we have Bama and San Diego State. So, you know, we were at the movies during this game, but I know we were both keeping up with it on our phones. And Bama obviously lost 71 to 64. So, I mean, they really didn't get – they made three more free throws. They made two more free throws. They made three less threes, but really neither of them hit many threes. And Bama just didn't shoot well. They had shot 32%. San Diego State shot 37%. Bama had two more turnovers, four more fouls. They had less blocks, less steals. So, I mean, it just kind of looks like a combination of a bunch of things. But – at the same time, their star player, Brandon Miller, did not that's show the, up. That's the key. He did not show up. He shot three for 19 from the field, one for 10 from three. He did have 11 boards, three assists, but he's, nine points. You, you he's got to put the ball in the hole for Bama to win because because if he's not shooting it, then that puts the pressure on everybody else to pick up the slack. He's shooting it. And on making it. Oh, that's yeah. 19 shots. He just wasn't wet as you and your friends have said through the years. Yeah. He was really dry. He was very dry. He was even arid. <laughs> he was parched in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. But 
Uh, Sears Sears did show up. He had 19. Quinterly and Bediaco each had 10. Like we said, you just can't. The best player on the team, best college player in the nation, arguably, you got to show up. You got to have at least double figures, and you can't shoot three for 19 and expect to win. No. So, San Diego State, they did have a guy who, D. Trammell, he dropped 21. But uh, they did have one more guy who dropped 12. But only those were the only two guys in double figures. But, I mean, it seems to be the, the theme of this tournament, even going to no one seeds made it to the Elite Eight for the first time in history. It just seems like a lot of higher-seeded teams have played very entitled this tournament as if they just expect to win. I know that's kind of something we talked about with Tennessee um, behind the scenes, but this has got to be w- one of the tournaments with the more upsets than typical, I'd say. Yeah, I, I I don't even remember which game it was, but I remember back in the regular season, Tennessee was playing a game that we were obviously watching on TV, and – they just were playing with such incredible energy on offense. They always bring it on defense, but they were playing with such incredible energy on offense. I was just like, man, alive. Uh, why don't we play play that kind of energy all the time? I mean, this it, year? Uh, yeah, it was this year. And uh, I remember it, that. It, it, they, they looked like they were one of uh, John, John Calipari's uh, great Memphis team with drive to the nail. And, and if the, Lane's not open, then then you kick it to a wing, and and I mean, I, I remember those those Derrick Rose and other Calipari teams uh, with with Memphis, and and um, I want to say it was, like, it, but the, 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 the point in all this is that that Tennessee offensively looked like they were playing with even less energy than usual on offense, and that's the way. All three SEC Elite Eight teams in uh, the 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 parts that I saw played in the Sweet Sixteen. It was just like you, Arkansas didn't even show up. I, I mean, lethargy and Bam, apathy. Bam and Tennessee and, at least kept it close the whole game. But Arkansas didn't even show up. Yeah, but. You know, it happens. I mean, it happens. Probably the greatest matchup in history next. Creighton, six Creighton versus 15 Princeton. That, that, I listened to that on the radio on Westwood One. That was a fun game. That, that, that's all I can tell you. It just, just a fun game. Princeton down to the wire. And yeah. So that's about all I have to say about that one. That was just a, it was just a fun game. Yeah. I can't even tell you the name of a player on either of those teams, mm. but that was a that was a fun game. The only Creighton player I know is he now or in the past is Doug McDermott. Yes. That's it. I yes. think that's you know his dad's still the coach there. But all right. FAU in Tennessee. I mean, we've kind of talked about it without talking about it. Tennessee just didn't show up to play. FAU wanted it more. If you watch that game, FAU got so many 50-50 balls that Tennessee yeah. didn't even look like we were trying for it. You know, though, I I, I do have a hunch. Aren't, aren't the FAU teams called the Owls? Aren't they the Owls? Yes. So, you know, 
it was like a nine o'clock start time and Santiago Santiago Vescovi had made it clear at the beginning of the NCAA tournament that he hated playing late games and what a midday games. I mean, he showed, he showed up for the FAU game to be sure, but it's just kind of like, you know, you, you, you got these uh, owls playing a late night game and it just seems like there's an inherent advantage to that, that the NCAA should be really checked into. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I, it's a great point. Just something wrong about letting owls it's play a, a night game. It's a conspiracy. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. We were set up for failure from the beginning. I mean, at some place, at some point, you just have to find an excuse for not showing up. You know what else is crazy? It, otherwise, you just you just lose your sanity. You just lose your sanity. Did you realize before the tournament, you were very adamant about the Josiah Jordan James stat that we win, we always win when he scores double figures. Yep. In the first two tournament games, we won and he had less than 10 points. Yeah. In the FAU game, he had 10 points and we lost. And we lost. Hey. I just thought that was funny. Is it, but he is gone. At this point in life, everything is funny because you have to laugh. As a Tennessee fan. Or you're going to cry. You, you just, yeah. That's right. I mean, hey, again, the whole Final Four uh, hoopla, I think there's a bunch of advertisers that are having to laugh or they're going to cry. It's true. And by the way, my dad will not tell you all this, but he did play football for Tennessee. So that's pretty exciting. He was not the starting quarterback, though. I know that's probably what you're thinking, but. He did play football for Tennessee, but on to the next topic. So Kansas State beat Michigan State. That was – don't want to spend too much time on that. That was a great game. Um, but this – you just kind of want to stay focused on the SEC, but that was a really great game to watch. Kansas State pulled it out 98-93. to Okay, then Gonzaga versus UCLA. That was another great game. UCLA went nine minutes plus without scoring. And they only lost by three. And they were two seed. Yeah. They were two seed. Oh, I mean, they they could have they could have won that game. And, and they lost off the the Villanova play as they yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Deep so three. but it just I mean, it just shows you. It just you play all season to get a high seed in the tournament because you think a high seed is going to make your path easy to to at least the elite eight, but it just it it did not work. It just didn't hold true, and it doesn't hold true. All right, probably. I mean, this obviously they lost to UConn, and Arkansas was the underdog seed wise. I do believe Arkansas was more talented than UConn. And Arkansas has just been banged up all year. That's what I was saying about Arkansas beating Kansas. But lost by 23 points and was never close the whole game. Well, you might have had some five-star syndrome settle in on, on the Razorbacks. They, but, they felt like a but hey, Musselman, Musselman he, he's had them in, in, into the Elite Eight. Past two years. Two or three? Past two. Okay. I mean, but that's just, that's just phenomenal. So, you know, again – it just happens. I, mean, I, I like the way I like the way the Hogs play play ball too. That's a that's a that's a fun brand of basketball, but it just obviously didn't get the switch flipped against UConn. But I will say, kind of against what we were talking about with Bama, how your star players got to show up. 
the three five stars for Arkansas did show up. Ricky Council had 17. Nick Smith Jr. had 11. Anthony Black had 20. Wow. The problem was nobody else did anything. Three-man team. The other guys scored three, five, two, four, and two. So, I mean, you, your star players got to show up. That's for that's for sure. Yeah, three on five. You got to have you got to have some help. I mean, it is still at the end of the day a team sport. We're not playing playing golf out here. Yeah, one one guy can change everything, like we see with many teams, but you still have to have a good sporting cast. Mm-hmm. All right, next Texas and Xavier. To my understanding, Texas pretty much controlled that game the whole time as well. I think they were up 20 plus at halftime. They beat Xavier 83 to 71. So next, then we had Miami with a big upset against Houston to take out the final one seed of the night to where no one sees gotten to the Elite Eight. Miami won 89 to 75. And didn't didn't you tell me that the coach of Miami was also the coach at VCU when they Zach told you that when they went to the Final Four. Now the coach at VCU when they went to the Final Four was um, Shaka Smart. Okay, who's now the coach at Marquette? He said a different coach, maybe like the Providence coach or something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, onward hope. All right, so Elite Eight, no SEC teams were in this, but we'll just touch on it real quick. Miami beat Texas 88-71 to when they were down 13 with, like, what, nine minutes left? Mind-boggling. It was crazy. Um, then we had UConn blow out Gonzaga at 82-54. UConn's beating, killing everybody. I mean, if we look at UConn's games, they started off, by beating Iona 87 to 63, St. Mary's 70 to 55, Arkansas 88 to 65, Gonzaga 82 to 54. It could be it could be that after the Yukon women got knocked out of the tournament that some of those girls started playing with the men's team, you know? Could be. <laughs> you know, they just had, kind of had a composite team. It's true. And uh, you know, take the superstars. Uh again, you just yeah, tip your hat to the Huskies. Yeah, they're playing really well. But it'll be interesting to see if they do get down or have a close game. They haven't had to fought, fight through adversity at all this tournament. So we'll see. All right, FAU beat Kansas State 79-76. to That was very shocking to me because after the Sweet 16, in my mind, Kansas State was going <laughs> to win it all. I think they yeah. have the hottest player in the tournament. At Obviously, he's not in it in Noel. Yep. He is, he's the first player ever. With 80 point, eighty plus points, 50-plus assists, and like 20-plus rebounds in NCAA tournament ever. ever. It, was, it was crazy. Wow. He went he went ridiculously crazy. And he's fun to watch. He's really good. He's fun to watch. And, yeah, but, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for uh, – I'm happy for FAU. That's just very exciting. Very but exciting. the second best player in the tournament has been Sonogo, I believe, in my opinion, for UConn. So there's still another really good player. And then uh, San Diego State beat Creighton 57-56 off a controversial foul call at the end of the game. Yeah. And you know, I'm sure it was a foul. I was watching it. Didn't he grab? Didn't he grab him on his jersey at his hip? I don't know. Uh, I, 
I, I, I saw them flash in and out on that. I'm pretty sure. It just it felt like one of those things where, just like at the end of the Super Bowl, it's hard to make that call in that situation. Yeah. But, I mean, if it's a, if it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty, you know. But it's just hard to lose off just two free throws. So, But now the Final Four matchup is set. San Diego State and FAU and Miami and UConn. Prediction? What's your prediction real quick? I, 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 I'm pretty confident it's going to be FAU and UConn in the championship game. And um, nine times out of ten, UConn's going to win that game with FAU. But, hey, there is that one time out of ten, and you just don't know. Teams live off of one out of tens in the tournament. So. I'm telling you. I agree. I think it's going to be FAU and UConn, but I'm predicting the champion to be UConn. They just, like I said, they're the hottest team right now. And that's really what this sport is about at the end of the day, who is hot at the right time. And they're hot. So we shall see. There you go. Sound effects for you. All right. So baseball just going. I'm going to update you guys on the games going on today. We have 18 ranked, 18th ranked Kentucky, who is 21 and three. They're beating Western Kentucky 10 to four in the top of the eighth. Unranked Texas A&M is losing to 21 Texas, three to one in the top of the fifth. Four Vandy is beating Lipscomb, four to zero in the bottom of the fifth. Bama is tied with MTSU, four to four in the bottom of the fifth. Um, Ole Miss is losing to Southern Miss. Ole Miss has had a tough start to the year. Very uh, tough. Very hangover the syndrome. Defending it seems like. national championship. The, At the end of the day, they got a, World Series. They got a ring. You know. Oh, they I'd do. rather uh, yeah. be in a slump coming off a of ring season. But they are losing to Southern Miss two to one in the bottom of the fourth. Mississippi State is tied with Samford in the bottom of the fourth, two to two. Six Arkansas is beating Omaha 10 to 3 in the bottom of the third. Auburn is beating North Alabama 8 to 1 in the bottom of the fourth. 9 South Carolina, who's another really surprising team, they are 23 and 2. They are beating Citadel 6 to 1 in the and they, bottom of the they fourth. won a couple natties. They won a couple back to back in in college baseball. So, you know, um, just yeah, good for them. LSU is beating Grambling Two to zero in the top of the third. And Missouri is beating Illinois three to one in the bottom of the third. Florida and Florida State got postponed. Um, I think it's because of weather. And Tennessee beat UNC Asheville today five to zero. We played early. I'm not sure if that's because there's weather coming to Knoxville or because we have to play a Thursday game in Baton Rouge this weekend. Yeah. Probably a combination of both, but super excited for that series. Right. And the SEC is crazy deep right now, Dad. So six teams in the top 10. Yeah. Which is crazy in, in, in any the, sport. In the latest rankings. So, like he's saying, LSU is first. Florida's third, Vandy's fourth, Arkansas sixth, South Carolina ninth, Tennessee tenth. All right. Then we have Kentucky eighteenth. 
and that's that's it. But what is that? Seven teams. Yeah, with six in the top ten. It's it's the SEC tournament in Hoover this year is going to be very and, fun to watch. And two of those unranked teams, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, have won the last two national championships. Yeah, and Texas A and M is a good ball club too, and they're unranked. They just happen to play us and who they play the first SEC weekend. Uh, let me look here real quick. They played a good squad. They're like one in five in SEC play. They played but, LSU. Yeah. So, I mean, you play the preseason one and two ranked teams in your first two SEC weekends. I yep. mean, that's that's a tough draw. I know Tennessee's not the team from last year, but we're still a good ball club. LSU is that team this year. So, Tennessee versus LSU this weekend is going to be – very good. And then we go to play Florida next weekend. And then we play Vandy soon after that. So it's it's a tough um a tough road in the SEC this year. Yeah, Tennessee's got number one ranked LSU this weekend. <clears throat> and then uh they like you said draw three Florida and four Vandy. Oh, and they have six Arkansas in that stretch too. So yeah. Um, don't play Bama or Auburn this year. So, yeah. And and we do play state. No, we play state this year. Yeah. LSU, Florida, Arkansas, Vandy. Which in L- succession. LSU, <laughs> LSU, Florida, and Arkansas. Those are all on the road, right? Where's Florida and Knoxville? No, Florida's in Knoxville. LSU's on the road. Florida and Knoxville. Arkansas, Arkansas on, the on the road. Vandy and Knoxville. Okay. So, at least we got two of the – only two of those on the road. But still, it's a uh, – if you can win two out of those three series. Oh, yeah. You just – you want to win series. Yeah. You I mean, can, if you, you can win. You, you want to win series. If you can get a sweep, hooray. But you're definitely – your goal – is to win two out of three. That's 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 the way it is in baseball and everything. Just because percentages just catch up to you. Yeah, my dad's more of a baseball guy than I am, but I've gotten into it recently, especially last year when Tennessee was just super fun to watch. Even if you've hated baseball your entire life, and even if you hated the Vols, they were fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. One of my best buddies, Chandler, he's a diehard Florida fan, and he was sitting with us at the SEC tournament, rooting hard for Tennessee because he's been a baseball guy his whole life. And if you're a baseball fan, you know that what you saw last year for Tennessee was once in a lifetime. Obviously, we disappointed in the tournament. But when you're being talked about as the greatest team of all time consistently throughout the season, yep, they and, look, you, and they looked the part, too. Yeah, they led the nation they, in earned run average. And it was said that they could have given up 50, 50, 5-0, 50 more runs and still – Led the nation in earned run average. When we have like 10 guys drafted in the first 15 rounds. Yeah. And they led the nation in home runs. And But, hey, this team, um, this they're, they're Tennessee baseball team, they're, they're now in the top 10 nationally in, in home runs. And so – And pitching is the same as last year. Yeah. Starting-wise. We, we still have some good depth. We lost Ben Joyce, the 105-mile-per-hour dude. But all in all, we're still a really good ball club. We just had to replace all of our defensive positions. So, I mean, that's that's going to be a learning curve for anybody. That's right. 
Coach trying to figure it out. So we are super excited, though. Spring ball is obviously taking place for SEC schools at the same time. So, all right, just give it to me quick because I don't know next time you're going to be on the show, Dad. Who are your who are your top three predictions for the East and top three for the West in football? Oh, boy. <clears throat> and we got a minute and a half. In, in, in the West, um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that the top three teams will be LSU at one. I think that I think I think so. I mean, I mean, quarterback back. You, you get you're number one until somebody knocks you off, right? And, and that what Bama fans always say. So L, LSU, Bama, and I think A and M is going to. Um, bounce back from their disaster last year so that's there's your one two three and in the east um you know i i just milton has yet to throw an interception and he um you look pretty in the yeah they they figured out what the issue was with his long ball that he was looking up into the sky literally i know this sounds laughable but he was looking up into the sky when he threw it and now he's looking at the receiver when he releases the long ball. And it just feels like it's going to be a, a T. Martin the year after Peyton Manning graduated kind of thing. And mm, so great comparison. I'm, I'm going, I'm going Vols, Bulldogs, uh, as in Georgia, and uh, South Carolina. Yeah, I guess I guess you got to. All right. Well, that's what we'll go with. Dad, I appreciate you coming on the show. We look forward to next time you get to come on. And thank you guys for listening to us on episode 78.